here. This is our podcast. Circle back about it. It's I guess it's been chosen. That's our Brett podcast and, name. Yeah. And the goal of this podcast is to go over things that have happened in the music industry, releases, shows, and whatnot, and just give our expert opinion on them that everyone wants to hear. We have expert opinions. Right. Um, <laughs> so I feel like anyone who's going to be watching this is, uh, just to start off, is going to know exactly who we are. Um, Which we'll explain shortly. Maybe we should do we like should... a quick elevator pitch. Yeah. Not spend too much time no. on it. No. No. All right. So, so you, wanna, you, wanna, you, you go first. Okay. What's I'm, the Brett elevator My pitch? name is Brett Blackman, and uh-huh. I am a music manager. So I work with the artists AO Beats and Manila Killa, who started the record label Moving Castle, which I also help run. And I also work with uh, Sakima, as well as Hotel Garuda, and a new artist named Hiko Momoji. Amazing. Um, I'm Ian Galdi. Uh, I'm a manager. Uh, I've also run a label before, and I do marketing and social media consulting as well. Um, I have a band called Savoy, uh, another band called Jaguar Dreams, and uh, an amazing pop artist uh, called Mona on the radio, um, among many other projects. You know what I'd like to start on? Let's start with whatever you want to start on. Good. Okay. I would like that. Um, I want to talk about Bon Iver. Okay. Because um, I had never seen... I'd been a fan of Bon Iver for a really long time, and I had never seen him in concert, mm. and I finally got to. I did not really get into Bon Iver until way later. Uh, I was just completely fucking smitten by 22 A Million. I thought that album was brilliant. Pretty amazing. And obviously I had heard like Skinny Love prior to then and like some other of his tunes but 22 a million really grabbed me just because of like how he was like really changing things and like doing something completely different with like folk and like Mm. indie rock music it wasn't the show i was expecting to see he didn't play any of the music i knew he didn't Mm. play anything from 22 a million or skinny love um to the disappointment of uh someone that i heard that was drunk while we were walking out (laughs) who was like why didn't he play Skinny Love and also put on a hat, you bald idiot? And I was like, that's a sick take of the Bony Bear show, bro. But what he did, uh, he did this amazing thing uh, with a company called Two Dance. Two Dance is also from St. Paul, and they're this like unbelievable, um, just like amazing dance company, yeah. like modern and ballet and stuff. And he had worked, collaborated with them to have like a whole new dance performance that's awesome to presumably all of his new music because he played some songs that i had like seen on youtube um like there was this thing going around for a while where like boney bear was doing a new song with a young thug and it turned out it wasn't young thug um (laughs) but it sounds just like him sure but it's amazing anyway so he played like that so that signaled to me like okay this is all his new music because i didn't know anything and it was him on like a riser with his band with a Four piece band, including him, and then all this space in front. Mind you, this is at Hollywood Bowl, so it's in front of seventeen thousand yeah. people. So he did this performance, and um, there was all these dancers. There was, I think, like a team of ten dancers, right? Um, and in all this space, most of the stage was that, and there was this like big LED wall, and it's just one of <clears throat> the coolest conceptualized projects I've ever seen. The visuals went along with it. The dancing went along with it. It really like brought you into his world and totally the, the, I watched an interview with him about it 
after I saw the show. And what I came away with the show was it was really about connectivity and like how we've lost a lot of that as right. humans and just trying to bring that back. And if we could somehow connect with each other better, then we might all be better off. And I, it's crazy that just through dance mm. and a lot of the songs were like very instrumental based and he sang a lot, but his lyrics are kind of, I feel like notably complex. You really have to read into them. But even despite all of that, I totally came away from the show with that feeling that this show was about humans connecting with one another. Yeah. And he reaffirmed that in an interview later, which was totally, I mean, it just made me realize like, oh my God, if you design a show well enough, then you can, t your message will come across like totally. And it made me really happy that 17,000 people were willing to come out to watch Boney Bear's art experiment. This was the third time he had ever performed this. That's he performed it with, in St. Paul. With the dance. Uh-huh. He performed it in St. Paul. Yeah. Either, I think, Philly or New York. <clears throat> I don't remember which one. Well, I feel like Probably New, New York. York. Yeah. Um, and, and then L.A. And that's it. Um, and I don't know whether he's going to perform it more. I really hope he does. I would imagine he will um, because it was... Maybe Coachella this year. Maybe Coachella. Let's talk about Virtual Self. I was lucky enough to see him at his warehouse party debut in new york city last year actually and i mean i just have to say he's gone like above and beyond putting himself into the project over the last few years since going into hiding as porter robinson <laughs> i have a lot of questions okay you know even as someone who's like seeing it from you know quote unquote behind the curtain or this poses so many questions. Like, right. is he done with Worlds Porter Robinson? Right. Is virtual self its own thing? Seemingly, it is. The quote that gets flown around a lot is it's his love letter right. to early rave music. It's another part of him that's a huge part of him that he was never able to share uh, sonically via Porter Robinson that he's had like stored up in him that's been like, a mix of like hard style and like more video game or anime like leaning music that it's like all in one where like it's another chapter in his life and i think looking at a lot of different artists in general i think some of them just get bored easily or think mm -hmm. that that a certain sound doesn't like encompass like that other part of them so I think visually speaking, as well as sonically, virtual self is the way he couldn't explain Porter Robinson. Where does that take us from here? Because right. you know, when he released Worlds, he was like, this is canon. Yeah. I mean, he literally tweeted that out and was like, this is Porter Robinson canon. All that stuff is not. Like, this is what I'm about now. And... And then kind of flip the script. And yeah. I guess it's not that fair to say that he flipped the script because virtual self is virtual self and Porter Robinson is right. Porter Robinson, presumably. I guess in if I was the one working on this, right. I so badly would want like those two parts of him to kind of like be expressed continuously. Right. Like I would hope that there is more worlds type Porter Robinson music 
in the future. And, and then, of course, more virtual self-type Right. Stuff. I mean, I think if you look at particular artists, let's even say, like, Skrillex. Sure. Or even Diplo. Like, I think a lot of them sometimes have chapters of their lives where it's like, this is, like, Jack U season or this is Dog Blood season or, like, these are different things but i think for porter robinson it's much more personal <laughs> i think everyone puts all of themselves in their music uh-huh. but i think he's literally like compartmentalized himself as these two beings where there's like the angel and devil but i think i think it's i think it's cool to see where he's taken it and yeah and he's taking this it's literally his virtual self i mean he has yeah technic angel and you know stuff like that and it's kind of like it interested me a lot because there's other not necessarily musical projects or now they're sort of venturing or this one that i'm about to segue into has done it um but it's something i've been following for a while called little michaela or michaela i heard insta tag is little michaela it's this project that has been started I mean, I guess, like, if you were to explain Michaela to someone who didn't know about Michaela, what would you say? I mean, Michaela is, like, a cinema 4D character that also is a singing project as well as a model. It's a digital representation that, because of the internet, like, you can have this, and people follow the storyline. In a way, it's, like... Amiku, <laughs> because the creators of the project are not secretive about no, they're not who they are. If you just look it up, there's TechCrunch articles on it. I've always seen it as like a story that they were trying to tell. In the same way that someone like really enjoy, like to me, this is the new comic books almost. Like comic books are its own, are their own thing, and I don't think that'll ever die, but. Like, because people love that stuff. Right. But this is almost like, it's a new way of storytelling. I mean, the craziest thing is, is like, they created this character and people think she's real, but like, they say she's not. She's like, superimposed in photos with like, real people. And like, she just put out a song with Bauer and the music video, this vertical video, is actually pretty tight. That's on Spotify exclusively, and like she's in it, and like it's like you're basically scrolling on Spotify, like on the channel, and then the where the art would be, it's like her in a video. It's wild. You just I have guess, to watch it. <laughs> I guess my question is kind of like I think there's going to be a lot of people who see this, yeah, and start to know about it in the musical community because the project is clearly venturing into music. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're not just going to do a one-off song with Bauer. The interesting thing is there's going to, you're going to get a lot of backlash. You're going to let a lot of people that yeah. are just like, it's not real, but what... Well, it's not. <laughs> right. I guess that's what I'm trying to unpack yeah. here, is the essence of music and presenting media online is storytelling. Yeah. For example... You saw Virtual Self. Yes. But it's a limited tour. You know, the Bon Iver thing that I talked about earlier, yeah, yeah, yeah. it only happened three times. So if you live in the middle of the country, 
where people don't you're, tour. The only way you're going to consume it out. is online. Right. Unless you or, it, yeah, like if you yeah, can't yeah. afford that, like let's just assume that you can't, you know, it's not accessible. Right. I guess the point I'm trying to make is so much of the stuff you're consuming is online. I just turned 30 and I saw Bon Iver for the first time. So that tells you how like rare that connectivity is. Right. The live in-person aspect of it has yeah. become so low that it's like, if we're just telling stories, how is this story not real? I guess what's interesting is like any character, like she is a character and there's character development. And right. instead of fully building a story with other fictional characters, they're literally building her storyline with like Bauer or like doing totally. a clothing shoot for like let's just say, I don't think she actually did it, but like Off-White or Nike or whatever. No, she did. She's in like the okay. new Vogue. So that's crazy. Oh, funny, funnily enough, when I was in Vegas like a year ago, is I was... funnily a word? If it isn't, it's now. It, it is now. Okay. Brett Blackman, funnily. So um, when I was in Vegas, I was passing through the mall. Uh-huh. The mall is going down. Okay, anyway. Nice. Uh, passed Louis Vuitton. And in the Louis Vuitton store... The model was literally a character from Final Fantasy. I'm sorry, guys. I never played the game, but I knew it literally said it was Final Fantasy. But, like, that was the model. So, basically, Louis Vuitton paid the creators or whatever to do that. And they've done this with, like, Miku also. That it's, like, it's easier. There's no hassle. Like, it's there an icon. That would be, like, it's just... It's a thing. Like, it's just, like, it's smart. I'm interested as we're sort of been, we've been presented this concept, right? That, like, we can now have these new spaces of storytelling. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really interested to see how more people kind of push those boundaries. So there's a person in mind with that is my friend Kitten Janae. So she actually... She creates these different characters, maybe not as similar or like frequent as like little Michaela, but she Did she just put something out. She just announced her a show of hers at the LACMA. Oh, crazy. And so like she's gonna base and she's done these shows where like she portrays her characters who like have these like backgrounds that she explains in it and I don't, like it's just crazy like you can there's these digital characters that you just feel really part of I'm gonna try and tie it to it but I'm gonna yeah. talk about Yoshi flower in a second sure but I really like what Yoshi's doing because it's him right yeah. he's not lying about it it's very clearly him and his emotions but it's obviously like who he is in real life on steroids exaggerated it's, it's an kind exa- of like yeah, Elohim yeah which they exactly. do stuff together right if you meet L. It's a much more subdued version. She's a little calmer in real life. She's a little calmer in real life. They are very kind people and like want to talk about like fear, depression, anxiety, and like it's okay to overcome that. Totally. Which I'm glad we're actually talking about that. Yeah, I, I think right that's now. a that's a really important uh, topic. Um, this podcast is yeah. current things that are happening peripherally in mm. our musical worlds, and you know, from I just saw. The Bon Iver show. Brett saw the virtual self show. Hard Summer. Um, at Hard Summer. And we um, both went to Panic at the Disco. The we both week. went to Panic at the Disco, yeah. which I would love to talk we about. We should do that. We should talk about that. It- I think they're both sort of similar in the way that 
What would be the similarities between Panic at the Disco and Yoshi Flower? That's an interesting topic. They're both taking a lane mm. in and kind of like pivoting it into their own way. Right. Whereas like Panic at the Disco took pop punk music and was like, I love Queen and the theater. I'm not going to put out verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want because yeah. like I have this insane range of octaves I can work with and this theatrical way of writing. Um, he uses, I mean, these just like his, his vocabulary is just so impressive. And I think what's similar to how that ties into Yoshi is like he is sort of taking like the essence of pop punk and the essence of what like hip hop has sort of become and sort of mashing it into this like very raw emotions. It almost feels like the new punk. Like when I first heard SoundCloud rap or what's dubbed as SoundCloud rap, um, I was like, this is the new punk rock. Here's music for if you, if you're a kid and you are angry and you're, you don't have a way to express that anger or you don't like the ways you've been told you're allowed to express that right. anger, this music is for you. But I guess the issue with that is like when you see like a really controversial project like 6 9 or something like that, yeah. you know, doing taking those aesthetics, it's not really about anger anymore. It's more just about chaos and destruction, which I, I guess mean, sort of roots in that. But Yoshi's kind of sort of taking it back to more like this is less about maximum energy at all times and more about like the emotions of it and like how I'm dealing with these emotions. They both have to do with letting kids know that they're not alone. Right. Like, I mean, it's okay to be sad. Yeah. I think what I like about Yoshi flower and, you know, Panic at the Disco. I think it's okay to be yourself, and I think they're creating music that's very relatable. And I think as a guy, sometimes we've been told it's not okay to share our emotions or feelings. And I think both of those projects have done really well about making it feel okay. Yeah, I mean, I think Panic at the Disco has always been about that. Totally. It's been like, hey, you're your emotions are are valid and not only that yeah. you should you, you should feel comfortable in yelling them from the rooftops let's talk about panic because so i think it was Haley kiyoko Haley kiyoko my bad guys holy shit she, she has some fans she dude. has some stands they were dude they were singing yelling like she had a killer outfit she's signed to atlantic she's i know one of their priority clients right now. She just put out an album. She mo- recently put out a music video with um, Kalani. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's amazing. She's. Uh, I, I just, uh, whenever I go to shows like that, like something at the Staples Center yeah. or something that big, I, I like seeing the direct support. Totally. Because it's, it's cool. Because it's always like, here's someone on the verge yeah. of tipping, of the tipping point. Like when we saw Odessa. It was commercial. Sophie Tucker. Thank you, Sophie and Tucker. And Chet Porter. And Chet our Porter. BFF Chet. Our BFF Chet. We love Chet you, was Chet. amazing. I love you, Chet. I love you, Chet. <laughs> You're just the best. We, yeah. You're my favorite boy. 
Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of favorite boys. Yeah. But you're one of them. So direct support, so, so going, direct, seeing. Yeah, direct yeah. Support. You don't usually expect there to be like you expect the people in the front rows to be yeah. into it and engage, but yeah. you don't really expect like the whole. There was probably like and the whole stadium, like a lot, like at least five k or more. I'd were say more, along. more. Like, Shit. Yeah, I mean, because she, she has like her. She's lives in L.A. Yeah, I mean, she had so many people, and it's interesting that he. You know, or they, or whomever is making decisions. Shows, discos. Well, behalf. fueled by ramen is on Atlantic, so it could sure. have been I like mean, there's a mutual a, there's thing. A, there, I feel like there's a lot of industry reasons for why she's on there, but I guess one of the reasons that at least was the takeaway for me is that a lot of her message is in support of the LGBTQ yeah, of course um, community. You know, it seems to me like he maybe wanted her on that show because. He sort of recently came yeah. out as bi. And to the credit of like the pop punk community, there really didn't seem to be a whole lot of pushback about that. And yeah. like the pop punk community, I think, has always kind of had its like issues with closed mindedness or open mindedness mm. because like punk in itself is like super leftist and anarchist and like, you know, accepting of everyone. It's where yeah. you go as a quote-unquote societal reject. Right. But, you know... That's why I fucking love emo music. It is why I love emo <laughs> music. But there's also a lot of emo music from that's rooted in the South in areas yeah, that are yeah, not yeah. as, you know, inclusive of those spaces. That was what I came away from it by yeah, selecting Haley Kyoko. He was just basically saying, like, no matter who you are, you're accepted at the Panic! The Disco show. And that was so evident in what I was most struck by the show, which is how many different kinds of people were there. Oh, yeah. We, From all walks We of went because we're, like, ex-emo scene kids. So, but, like, there was ex-scene kids. Yeah. There was, yeah. there was people who were, like, five years older than me and their 12-year-old kid. Right? And they're singing along. They're singing songs Dude, that I don't even know. Wait, can we just talk about, he was like, yeah, I've been doing this for 14 years touring. But also, before I forget... Shout out Headcount for being there. And I think they're on the whole tour and they're That's signing right. people up to vote. I registered in California to vote. But you guys should but vote. Shout, but you should vote regardless yeah. of who you're into. Yeah, you should vote. Exactly. Register to vote. Headcount is tight. Shout out them. Going back to Panic of the Disco. How about we talk about like the performance and like the visuals and like. It was just bananas. It was crazy. He had so much. He, he had fire. He had. There lasers. was a lot. Of, also, yeah. I would like to. Okay. There, there was, there was one thing that was a little bit strange to me. When I first saw Panic, mm. I think I was 18. And okay. when I saw it, it was a, it was a band. Right. Like it was Panic at the disco, the band. Can we talk about how this time around there was like, it was like an orchestra. <laughs> well, like, despite there being a larger band and it being unbelievable, is, I can't, what I'm about to say does not take away from the performance at yes. all or who he is or like, you know, but it was just from my perspective, the Brendan Urie show. Yeah, like, I mean, it was. You know, like... He did a freaking backflip no, after the piano. No, he crushes it. Like, he literally shot out of the stage. That was crazy. And he's, like, running around, you know, like, hey, ladies and gentlemen. Like, he's he's amazing. He's a theatrical genius. But, like, it definitely he, was... Funnily a, enough, and I'm using the funnily again. That's the Brett word. He was just... A funnily on, moment brought he, to you by Brett. Yeah, we'll make some t-shirts, guys. Uh, <laughs> he was just on, like, Broadway before the tour. So, right, like, he doing is... doing the Cindy Lauper thing. Yeah, and he performed. And he performed. Girls just want to have fun. And they, the girls just do want to have fun. Yeah, 
It's a bop. And then, and then the other cover, as we were saying, Bohemian Rhapsody. We, dude, that was fucking. It was amazing. Up. That was epic. But like, but I think you know, as if you're around for 14 years, yeah, it's very difficult to be around for 14 years and have the same people in your band, especially if you're like he writes most if not almost yeah. all of his music. I mean, I'm sure at this point in his career with, you know, well, actually I know for a fact because I know several of the people who's worked, helped him work on his music. Right. Shout out Ahmad for getting his, Shout for getting out. his first Billboard Top We're 100. Proud of you, Ahmad. With Saturday Night. He crushed that. We love you. But also like Ahmad would tell you that like Brendan is very active oh, yeah. in his, the creation of his music. That said, it was incredible. He played the guitar, the piano. He played, he played the drums. He did a drum things. set literally came up from the floor. He flew. There was a piano that came down from the ground at, or the ceiling after him going through the crowd and I like didn't look up at all cuz I'm an idiot. And then you just see this white piano come down and then he just gets on it. And thankfully, we're not ruining the show cuz it's done now. I guess Vegas was like the we're last We're not ruining show. the show. There's going to be it was deafening in there. There was cameras it you would have seen it anyway incredible performance <laughs> it's really great to see a band that i cared so much about yeah. as a kid you know transcending generations totally like, and i think that's this, very rare when we showed up there was lot there was literally it was an first of all it's an all ages show yeah secondly like there was lines around every corner of that venue waiting to buy merch like waiting to take a picture with a puppet. Oh my god, the Bebo. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> the the, the fortune I think that was the name of it. The fortune telling character that went no, it's for him. His, I know, but they they said they named it They Bebo. named it Bebo. I did not know that. It's, the more you know. Yeah. Bebo. But it goes towards his charity. Highest Hopes Foundation, a new charity that he's created to support nonprofit organizations in the name of human rights. That's very nice. And if you're at any of the shows, you can get a fortune in exchange for a donation. And it's worth it. And it's worth it. We what? got one. Well, we Ian, is a very Ian, heavy word. Ian paid for it, and he kept the fortune. I did. What else has happened in the past month that has been really interesting in music? There's yeah. Astroworld. Astroworld came out. They had a last-minute party at Lollapalooza the same night it dropped, the listening party was hosted by like Red Bull and I only know it was Red Bull because one of my friends was like you won't believe this we somehow got <laughs> Travis Scott to do a listening party for Astro World at Lala I mean I just feel like there's been so much hype surrounding this I mean it's been album. like three or four years yeah. that and like the features dude John Mayer produced one of the records and like James Blake was on another record and like oh like Drake was on like it's nuts. And our friend, just, we're going to keep plugging people, but our Roger. friend Roger Chenard, I think that's how you pronounce it, sorry. He, the best song on the whole album. It's fire. I love the fake out in it when he's, you know. He dude, just, that kid's musical dude, abilities wild. are, like, are just unbelievable. If you don't know who Roger is, yeah, Roger, he did. Roger wrote, wrote Broccoli yeah. for Drum and Lil Yachty. He did uh, Skywalker for Miguel. Mm -hmm. He did... Is it bad in love, Halsey? I'm bad at love. Bad at love. 
both of us bad at love. Okay, jokes aside. Haha. Here's our new podcast. <laughs> Brett and Ian are bad at love. Yeah, girls. I hope that girls will hear this podcast swipe, and think we're smart. Swipe right. We're, swipe right. We're super on our cute. podcast. Look at us. Okay. Anyway, haha. Um, anyway, what I just want to say about Roger for a quick second uh-huh. is giving respect to some of these producers behind the scenes because I feel like some of them just don't ever get love. Like, they're not touring artists like they're not visually in the world it's like even benny blanco like going to benny he finally just put out a song for himself and now with, he's top with, 100 yeah, spotify artists in the Halsey world and khalid one song and i mean it's he he and cashmere cat like just work on a gajillion things together with like ed sheeran and Julia Michaels being like a writer and Emily Warren right. being writers Spotify and now having implementing like the the tool that allows you to see the metadata of each of the tracks allows you to see all the writers and yeah. the producers and you know it, it's a little tough to get to you have to right click on it it's not like it's just going to put they, it in your face they just added it on your phone on now the mobile. so it's a lot easier so it is to in check the last month. we can't talk and about this we yeah it's i mean added on mobile shout out to spotify for doing that i for so long have thought like that i wish there the unsung heroes were were sung heroes mm. you know like there's so many people that go that are involved in making a song great and i think there's so much pressure on artists to show that you know they're the only person behind it but that, that never happens yeah. it's never that way no there's like 30 people behind any single release let's just go through some quick music we've been listening to on our own i'm really pumped for for ltc for lose the child yeah um, that song with yeah. Lafia. Better um, not. It surpassed. It's strange. It's strange. That's a moment. Which is for them. such a moment. Like yeah. I think I think your first moment is always your first hit. Yeah. Where it really pops. You know when goes. Taylor Swift shares your song. Shares your song. That's what originally And happened. the next moment in your career after you pop is when you surpass exactly. the first one that pops. That's special. Pop they out. were they were like, you know, the SoundCloud generation of like when Wheat Thin and Bearson and Manila Killa were and Jai Wolf. That's someone else who like you know took a a hiatus. Jai Wolf, yeah, he just and spent he just, sixteen months not putting out an original. He just put out his new one. Lost it. Uh, I mean, it's so good. And I was talking to Sajib about it, Jai Wolf, and he was like, you know, trying to combine the old sound of Jai Wolf com- with the future sound that he's trying to like segue to so i mean i've been lucky enough to hear a lot of the unreleased stuff and i just have to say wow (laughs) yeah um and i think everyone's gonna be really happy and that's all i can like say but i think they're being correct about what he's doing there's a lot of pressure i feel like especially in electronic music to just constantly be releasing music but i think there's something to be said for taking your time yeah in the way that porter went away yeah in the way that madion's still not come back Mattion where are you man flume i'm looking for you <laughs> dude flume flume's the best example I yeah mean, he, flume's and he did gone that between, silent too right he did now that between the first and second album and everyone's yeah. like oh flume fell off and then of course <clears throat> no. biggest fucking song of the year i think there's something to be said for taking the time to find your, your sound your and sound voice. and your truth yeah. and your voice that stuff will despite you know you know whatever you lose yeah by going away you you just what i realize is being a fan and a manager it's like 
you do not need to be in the face of people all the time. Like the real ones will stick around. And I think I, I joke with all my artists about this all the time is like have a purpose when you're posting or doing certain things that there's something like actionable for the most part. Like, and the actionable thing doesn't have to be music related. No, it, it doesn't. It can be like, I had a great day. Hope you guys had a good day too. Chat. Those our roommate Madoka had a great photo today with our off. dog. Or not our dog. Our dog. It's basically our dog, He's Goo. And it's just like, I wish you have a great Sunday. Anyway, to quickly go through some other stuff, Nash had a really good song called Dear Insecurity with Ben Abrams. And that's another thing about, you know, being honest with your feelings and talking about, like, what you're insecure about. And I really respect what Nash has done. And he's also done a lot of stuff with our friend Ahmad. Mm-hmm. And I... I mean, I, I could say so many nice things about Nash. Like, he really has made it be okay to be not okay, <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, uh, recently, I guess, Ryan Hemsworth put out a song with 88 Rising's Joji. If everyone... If you don't know what 88 Rising is, it's a Asian music collective label management company, and they have a festival that's, like, next month. Um, and Joji is was a YouTuber, Vine person. He started like Harlem Shake, but like he has an amazing voice. Yeah. Um, but Incredible besides voice. that, like you know, Ryan Hemsworth also just like announced his tour with Giraffage, and they announced uh, my artist Hotel Garuda on it for a few dates. And Garuda joining again went on tour with Giraffage in Europe earlier in the year. Um, and just say some other tours real quick. Yeah. Um, Louis the Child announced a tour uh, with like Dea and Wafia and Arlem and a few other people. And then, you know, Wheat Thin's going on tour and Petite Biscuit are going on tour. And my artist Manila Kill is going on both of those tours. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And I'm super psyched. They're playing huge rooms. And also, just congrats to Alice in Wonderland, who Con- just signed out, uh, sold out the oh shrine. And she deserves it. So Yeah, just, she's so nice. Yeah, so kind and lovely and, like, really has someone. Has a sick t-shirt collection. Oh, dude, I've been really, like, into, like, S.G. Lewis has been sla- I love SG Lewis. slamming it. He yeah. just put out that song with Claro, and then the music video right. was, like, this 90s-inspired P. Diddy kind of cool, like, film thing and like it was tight and he just put out a song with a luna george um bless her voice like that's someone who's i think transcended what it means to be a touring producer yeah like i think there's there's been this bit for like the last like 10 years that if you're a touring producer you're a dj and yeah. you make dance music yeah and, and he does make dance music but it's not edm i think and he tours and i he tours with like a band and like a bunch of singers and yeah. it's like it's really like flipped the script of like what you can be yeah i feel like, like you know, muramasa like, I'm, I'm, is another person yeah. very similar where like like muramasa i remember at coachella was like i'm gonna bring out some special guests and this was i think either before or after his album and he literally brought out like 14 special guests like literally every single person that was on his album uh-huh. came out Going back to what anyway, you were saying earlier, back. no, but yeah. Ryan Hemsworth <laughs> did that too with his Coachella, yeah, show. Um, he's always done that. He's always been like, I love really, Ryan. He's great. I've always been very curious about his project because it seems like it. 
he works with rappers a lot and he like just, he international kind of, he's people. He's in his own bubble and on his own island. Crushes it. People yeah. come to him. He, it's he like just a, has such a good taste. I, I want to plug our roommate uh, Madoka. Um, Heck yeah, he's really stepped it up as of late and like been releasing this amazing music. He had Agreed. a song come out with Craig Owens from Chiodos. Um, as bad channels. As bad channels. He was someone who I think who started and like put out kind of stuff under the guise of like electronic yeah. EDM music. Yeah. And you know found some success with like a song with Lost Boy Crow, mm. and then like you know, really started diving in recently to his own music and songwriting. And it's been really inspiring to like hear the creative process right. from across the hall, but also just like he really puts all of his honesty and feelings into that and it's showing, you know, and it's yeah. feels like as soon as he made the decision to, to <laughs> be honest right. and write and mm. sing and like show the world who he was forward momentum went. Shout out to his manager Chris, and our friend Christina, Christina Bomeo. Bomeo. Yeah, she's it. crushing it. But they do like Puya and Borgor and, and Getter, Getter who, which Madoka has, has a song with Getter. On his new album. Have you ever listened to old Getter? They, Getter had a song with Oliver Tree yeah. that's like sick for like chill. That music the video is, is so funny. Oh my God. It's also, so good. shout out Oliver Tree one time, that wacko. Your haircut is... <laughs> is it real? I must know. It might be a wig. <laughs> We don't know. Wig. Snatch. Snatch. <laughs> nice. Anyway. But yeah, Jaguar Dreams. Okay. Jaguar yeah. Dreams is a project that Jaguar I just Dreams. helped launch. And I'm just so proud of those dudes because like they really took, similar to Chaz, they really took the time to like decide, hey, here's what we really truly believe in and here's what we want to present to the world and, and did it and executed it and went and like shot the music video themselves and edited it themselves and directed it themselves and are really responsible for a lot of the creative and mm. like it's What's just a room the really cool dream machine dream machine and it's coming to la that's amazing and we'll be able to go there and take we instagram should... pictures it's gonna yeah. be great um, did you ever go to the ice cream museum i didn't but it's a similar vibe it's cool but yeah i'm uh they've got a new song coming out um next week uh and or this coming week i guess and I'm I'm really that will unfold more and you guys will see it and it's, it's really good guys it's I've really heard fucking it. phenomenal and I'm not trying um, to gas up my roommate just because I mean I might, you should I might. but also <laughs> um, yeah this other project Mona on the radio um, this guy Mona from Montreal um, is just like just another I, I I've always been really drawn to creatives anytime yeah. someone comes to me and is like has a vision here's my world and they can't stop talking Dude. about it I'm just like you I remember meeting with Mark. Yeah. Your co-manager on it. Right. He just sat us down one day. He's like, watch all of this. I'm like, watch all of what? And he just There's started so playing much. all the music we've videos. And dude, I'm like, we've only put out, whoa. Like, we've only put out like three things. But like there's. There's a lot. There's this mountain. There's of just, just like this whole world. But I fell in love with it because it was so clear that it's, it's his world. It's his vision. Yeah. And he's doing it. It's, it's, it's honest. It's all honesty. Stories are better when they're honest yeah. stories. And, you know, like we were talking about, like, you know, Yoshi, it's your story on steroids. Right. For Moving Castle, like, AO Beats and RoboKid just put out a music video called Sunny, and it was all done by them, edited by them, and it just talks about, like, not... There's, like, this blurred lines between, like, being an artist and being in the studio, and, like, it's, like, a metaphor of... When it's like it's so sunny outside and blah blah blah, you should watch the video. Uh, it's just a metaphor for like 
you you're just so in your own world and then when you go outside it's just like whoa like outside of your bubble Mm because like as a music manager there's sometimes we're in a bubble with like all these other people totally um but i mean it i i just appreciate anyone all these artists we've spoken about this evening they're just doing their thing that's my takeaway is like like, today we were like let's order all of the stuff and start start a podcast we if you have a vision (laughs) go to guitar center buy the stuff and start it i hope people like this but (laughs) me too anyway but like the connective tissue i guess so to speak between all these artists is that you know it's it's uninhibited vision yeah whether it's bon iver or virtual self yeah yeah. michaela you know or jaguar dreams or oliver tree or ao or or whomever it's their vision completely uninhibited right stories that are based right. on the truth that you're trying to present are the best stories yeah and the new modes of stero- storytelling yeah whether it's you doing something on instagram right. or you making a lot of music videos and it being predominantly youtube based or yeah you know or even like physical stuff yeah. like you know loma kayla being a vogue or whatever all these new ways of like storytelling i think are just promoting honesty yeah and being you know who you are being yourself i mean at the end i think a lot of these artists have a burning passion and their vision again is like very clear and i think the right people have gathered to team with all these people where honestly like a lot of the artists that i was talking about from the soundcloud era from four years ago and Mm -hmm. like you're part of that too like all those managers came up at the same time as their artists. And I think that's why we're so on the same page and so proud of one another for different reasons of like someone who's like knew everything to do right away and just like, boom, superstar. But that's not always the case. No, of course. <laughs> but, but um, you know what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a good place to wrap up. Yeah, We've totally. talked about a bunch of cool music and... Um, you know, I'm really excited to to come back next yeah. month and and talk about a lot of other stuff. a lot of other stuff that has transpired between now and then. Um, yeah, but uh, let's circle back yeah. about this next let's... time on Dragon Ball Z.